Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Die Living Podcast. Today we have Jason Byerly with us, who is, I have had the pleasure of shooting a bunch of matches of his down at Carolina Guns and Gear in Asheboro, North Carolina. He does match direction of all the matches at Carolina Guns and Gear, and that's like um, three-gun, USPSA, carbine, steel challenge. Steel challenge and a carbine match. And the carbine match. The carbine match is Noveski series now? Uh, the carbine match is based off a Noveski match. Okay. Um, is Noveski not running a series now, or is it like four matches a year or something? We're still waiting to hear from them. Ah. Yeah. And then this all the carbine match stuff. To to clarify for our listeners, competitive shooting is like a super weird and like niche. Yeah, niche mm-hmm. world where. Like, if you shoot IDPA, you're a fat old dude who thinks that, <laughs> like, you're going to save Walmart from terrorists. And if you shoot USPSA, you're a rule nerd who, like, isn't fun to hang out with at all. And, <laughs> like, if you shoot three gun, you spend an inordinate number of hours learning how to quad load a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you shoot a carbine match, you're generally a pretty fun person. Yeah. <laughs> USPSA is definitely uh, driven more by rules, like you said. Um, it is. Uh, it's still a fun match. It's not as open to shenanigans. Yeah, I guess you would say as three gun or the carbine match. Um, so it's it just depends on what discipline you're going after and what kind of person you are. The USPSA um, is United States Pistol Shooting Association, mm-hmm. and it falls underneath IPSC, right? The International Pistol Shooting I think it was born from IPSC. Okay. Uh, I'm no expert on this by any means, but I believe it was born from IPSC. All right. So now that we're past all the boring <laughs> acronyms, uh, sometime, like, what, three years ago, uh, the pistol shooting world decided to introduce pistol caliber carbine, mm-hmm. which has basically been the most popular thing in the shooting world ever. It has definitely changed the face of IDPA and USPSA, um, and even a little bit in 3-Gun. Um, it was kind of a, I don't know the best way, the way to put this, but it was not generally accepted when it first started. Uh, USPSA definitely didn't like it. The shooters, not USPSA, the organization, but the shooters were impartial to it. They didn't really like a rifle being in the, well, uh, I mean, it's, it's literally just a rifle shooting pistol stages, mm-hmm. yes. right? And so all of a sudden long shots. Uh, long shots like are not an issue at all, and guys are blazing mm-hmm. like point and shoot. It is. Uh, it's definitely took away from the open shooters uh, winning the matches. Moreover, than you know, um, there's still some open shooters that can win the matches uh, overall. Which in general that doesn't really matter because you're shooting against the division you're in. Um, and there's several divisions within USPSA. Uh, one of which being PCC, then open, uh, limited, limited ten. Revolver, uh, production, I'm sure I'm missing one. Um, All of those categories are, I mean, 
It used to be they were regulated by how much money you were going to spend. Correct. Uh, most people who came in were either starting in starting in limited division or pri- uh, production division. That is, the production division is obviously the cheaper way to get in. It's when most guys showed up with a Glock, right? Correct. <laughs> and they would maybe put a trigger in it mm-hmm. and shoot iron sights. And production limits the number of rounds that are in your magazine. Correct. Otherwise, it's pretty close to limited. Correct. Uh, it's 10 rounds uh, per magazine. You start with 11 in the gun, uh, one in the chamber, 10 in the magazine, and then your subsequent reloads are 10 rounds. Which, on like a 50-round stage, is a lot of reloads. Well, USPSA is limited to 32 rounds per okay. stage. Uh, that's the maximum number you can have in a USPSA magazine. Okay. Right on. Um, I... We don't even want to dive into power factor and stuff like that. No, that's very complicated. <laughs> that has a lot of factors associated with it. Essentially, you run, I mean, are you running three matches a weekend? Uh, not a weekend, a month. I'm running four matches a month. Okay. We have our first weekend, first Saturday is three-gun. The We are off the second Saturday, but usually have something going on somewhere. Uh, the third Saturday is USPSA. The fourth Saturday is the carbine match, and the fourth Sunday is still challenge. Okay. And now we've added on the fifth Saturdays, every quarter there's a fifth Saturday, we've added uh, a falling steel match. Okay. Doug, right. I think you still have not introduced our guest. No, it's uh, it's Jason Byerly, mm. who is apparently a jack of all trades. <laughs> <laughs> I met Jason when I signed up for uh, Matt Beam's um, – three-gun memorial match that he made a two-gun, three-gun mm-hmm. combo match out of sheer necessity because none of the SF dudes wanted to shoot three. Well, most of the SF guys that were going to come out did not want to shoot three-gun. Mm. Why is that? They don't want to touch a shotgun. No, no, nobody wants to touch a shotgun. Bro. <laughs> nobody wants to load one. They don't mind shooting the rounds that are in it. They do not want to load one. Yeah, you see SF dudes will try to shoot the shotgun stages with pistols even if they have a shotgun they'll still be like i'm faster with a pistol mm-hmm. and that is not true actually mm-hmm. <laughs> um dude i mean it's funny because i just picked up a shotgun mm-hmm. beam one of beam's buddies had a m3k mm-hmm. laying around it's all tricked out it's a it's basically the entry level three gun shotgun mm-hmm. and i picked it up for like 550 bucks nice. and i was like this will be this is my go-to. I'll actually maybe shoot three now. Like, you know, but I've avoided having a shotgun for, I don't know, 15 years. Everybody thinks it's the the hardest gun to learn, but a couple nights practicing, dry firing, loading the gun. Loading the gun is the hardest part. But you, but you look like a fucking John Rambo loser with this, like, flat mat. Like, you have to wear this caddy thing. Like, it's like a frock that has nothing but 12-gauge shells all over it, mm-hmm. and you, like, grab them a certain special way to load them faster. And, you, I mean... John Wick 3, man. Dude, it's literally... It is John Wick 3. Yeah. I haven't seen that impact the popularity at all of the the three-gun versus two-gun? I I don't know. Did, have you seen an uptick since John Wick 3 at the range? No. No, <laughs> not really. He made it look cool in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Specifically because Taron Butler mm -hmm. wanted to sell more shotguns. It was like, hey, man, the last couple movies, I only got a carbine and a pistol on camera. But this one. I think they worked it in the movie in a pretty cool way, right? uh, Yeah, dude. They literally put him with a pistol caliber carbine up against dudes with body armor. And it was like, no wonder 
that he can't kill anybody. He's got to rip their, because if he had the carbine from the previous thing, he'd just rip right through everybody's shit and they'd mm-hmm. all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was wonderful for Hollywood. <laughs> Super entertaining. Um, I'm just saying if there's a, a stigma or, you know, a preconceived notion in people's minds that, uh, it's you know it's not cool or I can't be that fast. That seeing it on the big screen maybe would change some people's minds. Yeah, if a loser like Keanu Reeves can learn to shoot fast, I can too. That's the only reason I got a green beret is because Brian Heskey got one. I'm sad that you're calling. <laughs> right? I'm sad that you're calling Keanu a loser. No, he's uh, he seems like a great guy who respects all people, and uh, you know he probably should be living in an airstream out, outside Malibu. You know, in general. <laughs> I think Keanu seems like a fucking super rad dude, man. But Right on, man. That's uh, Keanu Reeves is literally an eternal Bill and Ted in my head. Maybe, but he seems like a fucking fantastic human being. So when, when I met Jason, though, it was funny because I'd been to a few other, like, level... So I did the state matches. That's the level two. Yeah, and those were... Like super stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, "Holy fuck, man! All these people are serious. They don't. There's no laughing involved." There's Dude, no- <laughs> I was with cool people, and they were getting like censured by the match director. Match director come over, like, "I heard you guys were having a good time. <laughs> you know, like, you guys need to stop before yeah. I kick you off the range." Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Dude, no one violated any rules. No one was dangerous." Um, why, why is everyone like this? So this is my, that's when I'm like, man, USPSA regional and above matches, like don't seem fun to me because everyone wants to win and they're not even cool with people who are obviously going to lose like me. I'm I'm like, I would say is my personal experience just in general is that most of the dudes that I meet at the shooting range make me not want to be at the shooting range. Um, it's weird. Not necessarily at matches. I haven't shot matches, but like when I go to the shooting range, there's like the SF dude that's wearing like the SF hat and the SF shirt and like the SF stickers all over his car. Not and like an the SF, SF dude. SF belt buckle. <laughs> um, no, like these like old guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's proud of his service in 12th group. You know, there's the, <laughs> uh, it, it reinforces the stereotypes. There's like this super fat dude that brings the golf cart to like drive down to the hundred yard, you know, target to change the thing out and then has the most massive muzzle break of all time on this fucking rifle. So, like, if you're anywhere near this dude when he's shooting, like, you're like, what the fuck? And he shoots from under, um, from under <laughs> overhead cover, too, so it, it only makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I mean, I could go on, but in general. I think uh, that it's interesting, and this is one reason why I really, I kind of wanted to bring Jason in to talk about, A, like, what it's like as, you know, A, a retired Army guy who's kind of just doing what he likes, which is a big deal. Yeah. And B, talking about, like, how Jason makes shooting fun. No, that's what, well, this yeah. is what I, thank you, this is what I was <laughs> trying well, to get to. And it's, I don't think it's a universal thing either. It's like, not. We've done, I've done a few matches, and mm-hmm. I know that I probably have a bad impression based on, like, doing the Carolina sectionals, mm-hmm. um, but I've never had a bad time at your range. And there's a wide variety of people who show up. There's like, there are the FUDs. There's like 300 pound dudes that bring, you know, short barreled pistol carbines Mm -hmm. and almost blow their fingers off a bunch of times. And guys are like super helpful about, Mm -hmm. hey man, you should probably not shoot that way, but nobody's a dick. And then there's, I mean, world-class shooters, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Jessica Hook and James Gaston and a bunch of other guys that come out are 
pretty badass. Yeah, pretty good shooters. I'm not going to mention Matt's name because I don't want him to get <laughs> like <laughs> excited. JP Sullivan. Yeah, you know those. We have some. I mean, we have some good dudes that come mm-hmm. out to your range. It's an impressive uh, group, but like it's it's always fun. Mm-hmm. You set up good stages and like they flow well, and everybody has fun and like. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that you're not a dick. <laughs> but, like, when when did you start wanting, because, I mean, like, the carbine matches are new. Mm-hmm. You're carrying that on from the strategic match design guys, which, I mean, that was new when they did it, right? Uh, they, they had been around um, and, and done in limited fashion. But uh, uh, Charles at Strategic Match Design brought it back in. And at first, he was running it out of range. And then um, I took it over and just went on from there. Um, I first, getting into the matches things, it's probably been six or seven years ago when Tar Heel 3-Gun was around. That's when 3-Gun was in its relative infancy. When there were, like, multiple competing regulatory bodies? Even, yeah, there was – back when Tar Heel 3-Gun was going on, it was – there was a local match. You'd have a hundred shooters at it. Easy, no joke. for three gun. Now, if we get fifty to sixty, we're doing well. But a hundred shooters is crazy mm-hmm. for a, for, for a, a local for a local match. Yeah, and that's when the regionals were popping out two to hundred to three hundred shooters. And uh, then the explosion of three gun. Everybody had a three gun match, a large three gun match, and it's uh, it's gotten to the point now where people won't travel with it, and it's 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 in its down tick right now. Um, I think we're at the bottom of it. <laughs> I hope. I hope it doesn't get any less. Um, it our matches seem to draw pretty well um, locally. We get guys driving two, three hours to come to the matches. Um, the benefit of our match is we get to set the match and leave it down. We don't have to tear it back out immediately after we run the match. We can turn around and rotate it over into the USPSA match. Then that in turn rotates over to the carbine match. And then we tear down after the carbine match for Steel Challenge and then start over again the next month. And so most ranges um, aren't, aren't able to do that. They don't have the real estate. They don't have the resources as far as uh, targetry, things like that, to, to do all that. They have to kind of um, allow their members to come in or whomever to come in and, and do things. So they can't leave everything out like we do. Well, you guys have members at the Ashboro range, right? We do, and we have... Uh, Membership ranges that they use specifically for them. Are those three of them. all the short bays there? Okay, up up top, up top mm-hmm. right on. I mean, you guys, how many acres is there? Uh, we're maximizing thirty-eight acres. Uh, it is a very maximized thirty-eight acres. It is very much so. Like uh, the way you have the ranges laid out is kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> it is absolutely. <laughs> uh, we had to fit them in, and it's uh, it's taken a while, and we've had our ups and downs, and uh, right now we're doing pretty well with the with the range. The ranges, um, the matches are doing well. The range, the membership is growing. It's it's doing well. Right on. I um, I had heard that you guys had issues with the the city or something for a while. Uh, we did. Um, there are some neighbors that were relatively unhappy with us and um they they did what neighbors do you know they they voiced their opinion to the the politicians and the politicians applied the laws and at the end of the day right now um we're good to go uh we haven't we're within our rights um and we haven't you know 
we're trying we're trying to be respectful to the neighbors. We don't run any matches on Sundays. Um, I think that's what really got us this last time, kind of got us in trouble, was we ran the Noveski match on a Sunday uh, a year ago. Which was a lot of shooting. That's 10 stages of rifles going off at once at 8.30 in the morning on a Sunday. That that tends to <laughs> ruffle a feather or two. But you guys still do still challenge on Sundays. We do. Um, but That's the, a little more quiet. Yeah, it's quiet. You can't even hear it. Uh, 64 right there is a four-lane highway. There's 15,000 cars a day that go by there. So that's pretty loud. Yep. Um, and a pistol shot is so much more quiet than a rifle shot. doesn't travel as far the distance-wise as far as the sound. So it's uh, it, it's better. So you guys are, uh, I mean, you're staying busy there at the range. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, you're you're running like uh, FFL. We have a, um, uh, two of my business partners and I started a company called Zoo City Armory. And um, we do uh, manufacture ammunition and we do laser engraving as well as have our FFL for firearms and mm. things like that. You guys are running most of that out of home, which is like right here in Graham, right? Uh, the FFL is based out of Graham, where I live, and um, the laser engraving and um, that side of the business is ran out of Ashboro, where my business partner Chris Brower lives. Okay. And you guys, I mean, you're just, this is like a steady grind. Yes. Uh, Chris is a full-time snap-on driver. Okay. So he's five days a week, sometimes six. He's driving for snap, doing snap-on stuff. Then he comes home and does the laser engraving stuff. And uh, our other business partner, David Hoeing, um, he's our, um, I guess you would call him our graphics wizard, and okay. our laser wizard. So he's, uh, he's him and Chris handle the laser side, and I handle the uh, ammunition side. You Are you hand-loading stuff, or what are you doing? Uh, we run uh, uh, Dillon 1050 machines that are automated. How many? Uh, three. Oh, wow. Right now. Right well, actually, five. I have two for uh, priming, and then I use three, the other three for loading. What's, uh, I was, I was, uh, I'm just now starting to look at reloading mm-hmm. because I made the mistake of buying a 338 Lapua. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that was a foolish that, move. That's expensive. <laughs> that was, it's like mostly the, like Aaron brought his old single stage setup into the office mm-hmm. and was like, here, who wants this? And I was like, I don't. But I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, what, four months later, I buy this 338 Lapua, and I bought 60 rounds of ammo for 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I literally thought my asshole was falling out. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, fuck this. And then I started pricing stuff. I was like, okay, I need to learn how to reload. But that takes me down, like, the rabbit hole. And I saw some new company that's doing, like, automated everything. Mm-hmm. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen where, like, dude's just, like, hitting the go button the video makes it look super easy. Yeah. But apparently, like, tuning the setup is not It's not. Simple. No, it's not. <laughs> and you have to monitor it. It's not as simple as hitting the button and walking away. You have to stay with the machines. You have to. They're going to have their machine. They're going to have issues. Well, QC, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> and that's huge for us. We've had our, our pitfalls starting off and, you know, the learning curve. And I feel like we're working that out. We we still have our issues. Um and we're working through them, and we, we get with the customer, and we appreciate any feedback, and we, we try to, if there is something wrong with whatever product we send out, we try to double it going back to them. Here, here, here's, yep. you know, here's, we found the problem. Thank you for the information. We fixed it, and send it back out to them. Well, if you guys are doing three 1050s, are you focusing on, um, like, bulk ammo, or are you kind of doing custom loads for competitive shooters that want, like, a different overall case length or... Like, um, you know, a specific 
load for you know their PCC gun or what? Uh, we are doing our competition load, and we'll also custom load. Uh, if somebody has something where they just they they usually load themselves, but don't have time. Life happens, and they don't have time. We'll take their recipe and apply it. And is there like a minimum order for that? No. No, I mean, it, most people want at least 250 rounds, you know, if they're going to do it, unless you're shooting something precision. Uh, we Right now, we only do 9mm, 40, and 45. Um, I've had a, a gentleman uh, in group approach me that he's going to do the Bushnell Elite Sniper Challenge and USA Sock, I believe is what he said. And is that Burdick? Is the, is the Bushnell thing run by Joe Burdick? Mm-hmm. Joe Burdick. Joe is an awesome dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's a, he And he just freaking bankrolled that thing out of his own pocket, didn't he? I believe so. I don't know much about it. Um, I know Todd helps him out a lot. Yeah. And uh, Joe is, uh, that. that's the dude who has the thousand meter range in Pinehurst that I went to with Travis one time. And I was like, this is like two miles from my house. How did I not know this thing existed? You yeah. know, like he's super cool dude. Yeah. So they, they're, uh, he approached me, this gentleman approached me and asked me if, uh, if I did any 308 and I've done it before. And, um, so I'm going to see about doing him some 308 and, and probably one offs like that, but we're not going to get into major production. Did you make, did you make fun of him for using 308 in a long range match? Hey man, <laughs> I don't, I don't judge him. If there's some reason he wanted to go with 308, uh, whatever the reason may be, I think they're running the tactical division and that's 308. Is it 308 only? 308 and 223, I believe is okay. how you run that in the tactical division. Um, so Matt, it, that you spoke of earlier, yep. ran that at. Did he? Suck, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I have, uh, I, I literally went out and bought a seven six two gun because I have like four or five thousand rounds of one one eight LR sitting around the house, and it's like, uh, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. I better get a gun that shoots it. <laughs> and you still haven't shot it? No, because yeah. it sucks to shoot, man. Yeah. It's like you know, six five is so much more flat and like so much less felt recoil, mm-hmm. and then you get into three hundred eight, and you're like, mm-hmm. why am I shooting this again? Oh, free ammo. That's it. Yeah. No, that's not a good justification. <laughs> no. So you guys are, I mean. So just, it's funny. There's always misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I told my old my team sergeant, I was like, "Hey, you gonna shoot this match with me in Ashboro?" Well, I don't think they're doing them anymore. No, man, they're definitely doing them. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't realize that they weren't doing matches at Virginia International Raceway mm-hmm. anymore. Yep. Is that something that's going to come back, or um, in for me, the only way that'll come back is if something happens at our range. Like okay. if, if if something crazy were to happen. Um, and we're no longer at that range, which that is not the case. But if it did, I would go up to VR and, and talk to Clayton up there and see about getting. Well, splitting your time is, I mean, if you're the one that's running everything, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it seems like. It, it is. Um, it's, uh, it, it would be tough to go because from my house in, in Graham, it is 38 minutes to the range in Ashboro. It's an hour to VR. So, and, but they're in opposite directions. Yep. And uh, so it's a, it's a little tough to do both. Well, and you don't do it by yourself either. You've got like a pretty decent team of guys that like shows up every weekend, right? I had. Um, our guys have kind of dwindled down. Uh, so um, my business partner, Dave, he helps me when he can. And um, right now it's just me for the most part. You, um, are you setting up all the stages by yourself? With the help of Dave, yes. Uh, Dave's the guy with the... The tall gentleman. Yeah, with, with the lab. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So um, he comes out and he helps me. And um, so, but it's it's not bad. We have a system 
you know, we usually try to do two a day when, when we start. So we start with three gun. We do two stages a day usually. But I mean, the stages, <laughs> this is where it gets like funky, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you don't, you can't just lay a stage out and be like, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Like you have to put together, like the stage has to be measured and you you have some well three gun is pretty much fly by your seat you know okay. there's no set rule set as not far like as uspsa to, uspsa has rules for everything that you do on the stage do they send out like those fucking stupid cad drawing mm-hmm. like this is what your stage looks like and like it, it better look like that mm-hmm. dudes are going to bring out measuring tapes to make sure that you put the barriers in the right places I, I, even at local matches i've had guys walk off steel and i've been wrong before and they've they've helped me fix it and it's just a matter of moving the steel back a little bit and it, sti- it adheres to the uspsa rules which that's what draws a lot of people to it is the rule set well it's uh, so despite picking on the rule nazis in uspsa mm-hmm. one thing that's really nice there is it's it is constant mm-hmm. it is like if you go shoot I mean, it's one reason why there's so much controversy around certain people manipulating the rules, mm-hmm. like large Instagram personalities that, you know, people begin to question if their actual ability lines up with their classification. Mm-hmm. And you're going, man, I mean, that is the charm of the series is that no matter what match you go to anywhere in the world, when you shoot the match, it's the exact same thing. The classifiers are the same. The mm-hmm. stages are the same. The verbiage is the same. Yep. And they, they're very, I hate to use the word anal, but they're very anal about it. They're, um, you know, they they will correct you, even a local match. If you use the wrong verbiage, uh, it ruffled one of my buddies the wrong way when he got up there and said, uh, it was making clear, he said, uh, all right, um, you know, slide back, show your chamber. Yep. You know, holster. They got mad about it. Oh, dude! They, if you don't use the right verbiage, I want to reshoot. <laughs> it wasn't that he was. Just, he turned around and said, "Could you please use the right verbiage?" And it was a level one match. But they they want to adhere to their rules. There's nothing wrong with it. they want to adhere to their rules. They want the 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 strict rule sets. Well, it means like it. that you know how you stack up to everybody else. It does. So, like, if you know, if somebody is number one in you know in the world, mm-hmm. you know they. They are literally number like one Chris in the Tilly. world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the super grand champ. Yeah. Super grand champ. <laughs> that is like the night that he is a huge exception to. Well, it's actually funny. I think most of the really high up GMs mm-hmm. are not anal about the rules because they're so far and above better than everybody. They're, they're competing against like three other dudes, mm-hmm. most of whom are their friends. Yeah. And you see them like I, I shoot with a bunch of grandmasters who <laughs> like shame me constantly. Like mm-hmm. I, I've all my friends tell me like I move like old people fuck and mm-hmm. you know whatever it's like you're right <laughs> yeah. but they will give me hints and be like so one guy will pull me aside and be like, hey I'm not gonna say anything in front of this other dude but this is how you need to set the stage up and then the other guy will come up to me and he'll be like hey I'm not gonna say anything in front of this dude but this is how I'd set the stage mm-hmm. up and they both are setting the thing up the exact same way mm-hmm. and they think that there's like a half second of movement that they're gonna like you mm-hmm. know save over the other dude man it's competitive it is but they're all super cool with each other Mm -hmm. it's the middle competitors that are fighting for like that that really want the scraps they they want to be the grandmasters they want to be the top level shooters and their ability is not catching their ability is 65 percent it's just you know (laughs) i mean they're they're now that being said they are the basis of our you know market it's uh, they they are our lifeblood and um they they're just striving to try to get better. Well, I think it's actually, and I, and this is something that I do want to touch on with you is 
like I, people always ask like, well, what do I need to do to get better? And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not very good. So there's that. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> so take what I say, yeah, <laughs> just go to matches. Yeah. Like even if you've never been to one before, I think level ones, I, at least in my experience, level ones have been pretty good mm-hmm. about people, someone who's there, whether it be the range officer or the match director or somebody on your squad is going to pull you aside and give you some like guidance on, Hey man, that's not how we do it here. It's so my only, I guess, uh, negative thing to say about the USPSA community at times is a new shooter comes out. They have no idea what they're doing. And when they do something wrong, there's somebody quick to step up and point them out in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. And that's and it, it, that turns people off. That's the only negative thing I can say. They're new. If it wasn't egregiously unsafe, if it, you know, they touched their gun or they turned their optic off and the rule set they said they couldn't, if the gun was safe, if everything was safe, then take them to the side. If they pointed a gun at somebody, obviously they did something egregious oh, yeah. and it needs to be handled. But some some competitors uh, will call people out just to call them out. And some of those competitors are new and it turns them off to the sport. So that doesn't help the sport growing and you know it, it it's detrimental at times. Three gun, obviously, not as much like that. Um, you have a couple guys in three gun that will do that, but it's mainly that I've seen in USPSA. And um, you know, I try to when I'm on a squad, uh, it's probably detrimental to how I look to USPSA shooters. But I'll try to okay, guys, you know, think about what you're doing here. This is what you did. Okay. Oh yeah. Let's let's move forward from here. Let's make it a learning experience. Well, especially if it's guys that, <laughs> I mean, you want it, the place to be safe. Mm-hmm. But if they're not competing to win, then nobody on the squad should be upset if, like, a like if somebody's in their first or second match, like, <laughs> what the good does it do to DQ them on their first or second stage for something stupid they did mm-hmm. that may not have been dangerous to other people? When you're like, hey, can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the right-handed shooter, left-hand turn, break 180 thing when mm-hmm. you're reloading on a, on a turn mm-hmm. in USPSA, I mean, that's like really, it's a hard habit to break. It is. It's uh, and, and a lot of new shooters have been watching videos and, you know, working in your workspace kind of videos, yep. you know what I mean? Well, I do the tactical T- reload. Tactical reload. And um, even guys coming, you know, from work have an issue with that. Dude. And... I- I, dude, trust me. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> one of the things we had to deal with a lot, um, especially in three gun, but some in uh, with PCC shooters in USPSA, is the safety circle. You know, they they would drop that gun and turn, and I at first getting them to break that habit. Hey guys, we're on a one way range. You know, let's. I don't know what your job is, but out here you got to adhere to the one eighty. Yep. Down is not safe, up is not safe. So, yep. you know, it's it's got to be to the 180. And um, most of them, after the first couple times, broke that cycle and, and do what they well, have you to don't do. think about it when, nope. especially when it's like the gas pedal's on. Mm-hmm. Like the idea in competition that, like, there's this hard wall at 180 degrees and you can't break it mm-hmm. is, like, it's there. But when you're actually in it, you're like, okay, cool, wait, I'm like, you know, I'm past, I'm going to dump this gun in this trash can, but I'm already past Past it. it. And it's like, oh, shit, fuck this up. (laughs) And one thing I tell guys, I've I've had uh, police officers out there and they've done something made and and broke the 180. They went to reload, broke the 180, got DQ'd and yell out, this is going to get me killed in the street. 
Well, <laughs> that being said, don't make light of it when you fucked up. Just be like, just, hey man, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, it's it's a it's it's a game. Yeah, you know, it, it's a game. At the end of the day, it's a game. It has a rule set. Well, the dudes that do the best treat it like it's a game too. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that kills me. Yeah, it's like. Hey, I'm going to throw this, like, you know, like to activate a swinger or something and a guy will throw a magazine 50 feet to hit the thing so he can like maximize his economy of movement. (laughs) And you're like, man, I would never do this in real life. Also, kudos to that dude. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, if some of the best shooters in the world that are going down range can manage to not break the 180. Most people can learn to do it. You know what I mean? It's, well, it's a it's, bandwidth thing, right? Yeah, that's where it boils down to. Which is like where guys say, "Oh, I'm good. I'm good in the house, or I'm good downrange, or I never had to be like this." All right. First of all, it's a new skill set, mm-hmm. and it's a skill set that magnifies your ability to be a good tactical shooter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't diminish it. Mm-hmm. Like being fast and accurate are skills that like we only develop really on a flat range. And in a house, it's a lot more about like teamwork, movement, and communication, and reacting to unknown threats on in a competitive shooting world they're all like known threats you've mm-hmm. had time to walk the stage you have to memorize all this stuff which means that movement and like you know like transitioning are the most important things mm-hmm. um it's like travis is always telling me you know like if you work on your transition speed and slow your trigger rhythm down you're going to be faster than like jerky pointing and hosing and mm-hmm. moving and i'm like ah. But, you know, like multiple times, yeah. we go to the range, and he proves it to me on the stopwatch, and I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. I should yeah. probably work on this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the, the economy of motion and competition shooting translates to your job. If you're a shooter, and that's your job, that's what you're doing, you know, trigger time is always good, yep. it, it, no matter what kind of trigger time it is. And the game only helps you. Well, people get upset about the game because it's a new dynamic mm-hmm. and they have to now something that may have been easy for them like flowing into a house or whatever before like you're adding in a bunch of new rules mm-hmm. and you're inducing stress that way mm-hmm. which is also limiting bandwidth to remember things and engage and the guys get pissy because mm-hmm. they're like well i should just be good at this and mm-hmm. you're like why would you be good at it you've never done it before yeah, exactly <laughs> like, you may think you've done this before but it's like a totally different animal but it's a fun mm-hmm. animal it's it's like uh like in June when uh, James guilted me into coming for the steel match. Mm-hmm. I've never shot steel challenge before, but you know, like, Oh, it looks dumb. Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks boring. It's not no. it's super fun. Yeah. And it definitely highlights all of your like terrible habits from like draw stroke to engagement. And you might have one good run out of your, what? Four chances. Yeah. Four, five, five, five. five. Yep. Yeah. One, I have one, Great. Like, I have a, when I say great, for me, it's like I'll shoot one A classification string mm-hmm. and then the rest are all C's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, this means I'm a C shooter, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Law of averages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, uh, you know, it, it, it'll definitely uh, humble you coming out. And um, there's a girl that shoots our USPSA match. Not, she's a teenager, young teenager. Um, she, uh, She's shooting PCC primarily, and <clears throat> she's beating most guys. And you see you got these big burly guys coming out of group and, or, you know, wherever they're at, and she's out there just smoking them with a carbine and just beating them to death through the, you know, match, and they don't like it. Well, dude, two weekends ago uh, I was squatted with Hook, 
mm-hmm. who is awesome, yeah. super great. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, like, you know, watching her shoot, you don't really get a feel. Because I, I think it was a mediocre day for her overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I shot, like, almost 70% of her which is a huge indicator it was a bad day for her because <laughs> i was like yeah i'm fucking the best showing i've ever had right but uh like it was funny what really struck me was you know we had a great day everybody had fun mm-hmm. i was watching some videos she posted on instagram afterwards and she did like these because she shot two classifications she mm-hmm. shot carbine like 556 five, and pcc, PCC. Mm-hmm. and uh she posted videos of her shooting the same stages with both guns and like there were with in, in half a second Dude, or so of each other. They were pretty seconds. close. Yeah, they were the pretty body close. movement was the same. Mm-hmm. The way she engaged targets was super consistent. I mean, it was hard to tell the difference between what you know. I mean, it's, it's a forty second run, mm-hmm. thirty five seconds or whatever, and her movement was like it was like watching you know it rewound and played again. Yep, and um, you know that kind of like l- learning that consistency. Really, the issue isn't even consistency as much as it is you make a plan in your mind about how your body's going to move, mm-hmm. and then you stick to it. That's the problem. And you execute it well. Mm-hmm. I know the deal. Like, if you looked at the videos of me, my best stage, there's, like, this hang-up, almost like a whole ha- second and a half. It's the video I posted because it's my best stage. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm in this window, and I've engaged all the targets, and I can't remember what I'm supposed to do next. And you can just see it on my face as I stand there. That old like, shit falls. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh run backwards, you know, then I like shuffle out of there and engage the next string of targets. But Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I mean, that is like remembering what you're supposed to do, having a plan. Most people don't have the ability to command their bodies Mm -hmm. to do stuff, which is what we do as softly, you know, for exercise. Mm -hmm. It's not the same Mm -mm. as shooting. No, it's not. And that, that, you know, you go out there and I think another thing is uh, you got really athletic people. They get out there, and then they see somebody who's a little less athletic beating them in footwork. Uh, there's another gentleman shoes with us. His name is Charles. Um, he's a bigger gentleman. No, he's not huge, but he's a larger gentleman. He's got great footwork, and he can move. Well, dude, look at Chris Wiseman. Shoot. Wiseman can move. He's move. a big dude. Mm-hmm. Him and Beam both are big dudes. And Beam's when a little bit more. I would say Beam is in relatively better shape. <laughs> don't don't say that out loud. I'm going to make him listen to this. <laughs> relatively better shape. But, yeah, man, like, yeah. Boy, those big dudes – like they move like squirrels. Mm-hmm. Their feet move quick, and they pick up. They know where they're going. Yeah, they they start to stop early, and they're engaging. I mean, you're like, dude, how do these big guys move like this? Because mm-hmm. I don't look like that. Mm-mm. I'm like missing steps and like sneaking into the line and being like, oh, okay, this is it now. So well, if you watch a lot of Tilly's video, Tilly's a big dude. Yeah, and and he, um, I mean, he's lost some weight, but he still his footwork is amazing and. Um, you know that's that's huge when it comes to especially USPSA and in, in three gun, but more so in USPSA, footwork is is key. Uh, if people are interested in shooting any of these like disciplines, mm-hmm. what do you think like the best path forward is to learning how to be better? My first advice would be go online, obviously, and look at video, um, and look at the videos, see what kind of equipment they have. USPSA is. Uh, the easiest sport to get into, as far as cost wise, um, it's as simple as you shooting. can still you can still be competitive with a Glock thirty four, right? You can get a Glock thirty four or some variant thereof, and uh, shoot the limited division. You, you're you're talking about three mags total, which usually come with the gun, and a decent holster, which is you know 
a Blatec holster or something like that. You don't have to worry too much about retention in USPSA because it's the only gun you're using. Um, Trust me. I know. Yep. I tried to reholster in my first match because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my first string's complete. Safety on. Mm-hmm. Holster it. Bam. Mm-hmm. You're disqualified. I was like, what? The fuck? I can't safely reholster my weapon? Nope. <laughs> Actually, in USPSA, you can I know. I, we went back in the rules. I was not disqualified. Mm-hmm. I was disqualified for five minutes until we looked at oh, the gotcha. rules, yeah. and then they were like, actually, uh, I'm not sure you actually broke any rules. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I had a terrible reshoot where mm-hmm. I then That's crawled the through the stage yep. where I'm like, okay, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't mm-hmm. fuck up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> equipment, it seems to matter a lot. Because you see a lot of guys with really good equipment. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a progression. Uh, most guys who start in USPSA start off obviously with a Glock, unless they've just decided to go ahead and just go to a, a metal gun of some sort. But they start with a Glock, and then they just slowly progress into an you know eventually an STI or a, a variant thereof. Yep. And um, you know you start with a seven hundred dollar gun, you end up with a two thousand plus gun. And um, if you're like me, me, none of them make you shoot better. It just feels more fun. <laughs> right. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We've got a lot of guys out there like RJ and uh, a few of the other guys who are still shooting Glocks and just kill it. They kill it. Well, and what's the uh, I should remember. What's the team Glock guy's name that is just Cooley? Yeah. Shane. Shane mm-hmm. is a freaking He's wizard. A with, yep. And it goes back to the uh, his teammate, Ashley Roark, little bitty girl. Uh, I don't even know what she weighs now, maybe 90 pounds, 100 pounds. She kills it. And I, I think that aggravates guys, big burly <laughs> guys a lot too. That little thing gets out there, and when she's shooting three-gun, she's running the 12-gauge and managing the recoil. That little body's just managing the recoil, and she's killing it. And it, how can she shoot like that? You know, that's, how, how, is she, how does she beat me? How does she beat me? It's black magic. It is. <laughs> it's some kind of sort of a wizardry or something. Yeah. You know, it's, but uh, she's a great shooter as well. And, uh, you know, they, they run Glocks and um, – and kill it, and kill it with it. And so starting USPSA is like is the best bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, if you don't want to start in USPSA, want to jump straight to three gun. There's obviously more of a price increase. You've got three guns now. Are the carbine matches that you? I mean, so I have the most fun at carbine matches. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's because I grew up on a rifle, mm-hmm. and then you know I've spent most of my adult life working with a rifle, and mm-hmm. I you know it comes a lot more naturally than yeah. working a pistol. Um, are those nationally going on, or no. you're just doing them here in North Carolina mm-hmm. primarily? Yep. I think some clubs out there across the country are running some sort of carbine match or a tactical match. Or a like two-gun. A, a two-gun. Yeah. Um, so w- our rule set is um, loosely based off Rob Romero's coming up with the rule set. And um, it's, we try to keep it as simple as possible. You know, the I mean, equipment it, is— It's basically USPSA. It's with US, some curveballs, yeah, a little curveballs here. It's it's their kind of their rule set, and uh, the the upside to the carbine match is all you have to bring is a rifle and two magazines. You know, we're not going to put any stages that are over forty to forty five rounds. I'm trying to dumb the round count down a little bit to for the money wise. Yeah, uh, you come to a local match and I've got two hundred fifty plus rounds. That's kind of expensive. Uh, shooting two two three, yeah, um, nine millimeter not as bad, but two two three is kind of expensive. So I'm kind of I'm dumbing the round count down a little bit just to for price wise. Yeah, um, and, well, and, and honestly, I think the thing that the thing that sets people back the most, aside from cunty competitors, mm. is how long it takes. Like if you come out to start a match at nine in the morning and you're not home till five at night, 
you're much less likely to come back than if you show up at 10 and you're done by two yeah. and you had fun. So short, like shorter round counts make the stages flow better. They, they do. Um, and it also depends on the stage um, or how many stages there are. Uh, one of the um, – when Tar Heel 3-Gun was going on, they had – we would start at nine o'clock, sometimes eight thirty in the morning, and not be done until almost six. Jesus. But they were open terrain stages, great stages, just open terrain, a lot of reset, a lot of long range, timeouts, or you know, timeouts were around the two minute mark. Oh god! And um, it just took a, a while to shoot the match, which was great because it was a lot of shooting, but it was all day long. Then you had to drive an hour home, or however far you had to drive home. Um, the downside to our range is we don't have a ton. It's it's an it's kind of a double edged sword here. It's a good thing. It's a bad thing. We don't have a ton of natural terrain at our range, so we're a lot of bays. You have a lot more than most small ranges. Yes, you've we got do. two really good terrain ranges. Yes, and we're getting ready to cut in a couple more. We've got a couple of little wooded areas we're gonna do, but we have one long range, and the rest are mainly fifty yard bays. So the benefit of that is. I can build a good stage that has plenty of shooting, and you're still done. We start. We started three gun at nine o'clock this past weekend. We were most of the squads were done by two thirty three o'clock. That's, that's good. Of, you know, that, and that's shooting all three guns. USPSA starts at ten, and we're usually done. <clears throat> excuse me, by two thirty. Okay. So, you know, it's that's not a bad clip. No, it's not. And those are six stages. Uh, USPSA is usually seven to eight stages. and But at least two of those are classifiers, which are like standard level, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Man, I, uh, <coughs> what, dude, don't worry. It's wintertime, man. You don't have to apologize about coughing. You, me, and Aaron all have some mild <sighs> crud. Uh, <laughs> that's why I'm not trying not to no, get you're good, the dude. microphone I, a blowjob here. I'm I just... believe that it, it, uh, builds all of our immunity to <laughs> be exposed to each other's germs. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, when, when did you retire? I got, uh, hurt in the army. I was in a car accident and this was back in 97. Okay. And, uh, they medically retired me and I've been retired ever since. And have you been doing this kind of stuff? No, no. Um, really just in the past six years or so is how long I've been doing this. This is better than what you were doing before. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> it just depends. Yes. Um, this just, I went to school for a while. I graduated from Elon and, um, in 06 and, uh, then just kind of did a few things. And Working then, for the man sucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's like the funny part about all this is. You have to find like if you're if you're working all of the hustles that you want to work that don't feel like work. Mm-hmm. The real question is which one's going to hit yeah. that makes it worthwhile mm-hmm. for you to do it. And that's where we're trying to go with this uh, the Zoo City stuff is we're trying to find something that will you know uh, obviously be profitable and um, but it's something we enjoy doing. And uh, Chris, my uh, my other business partner, the Snap On gentleman, he is. Uh, he likes his job, but obviously he wants to be out of his truck. I feel like every Snap-on guy likes his job. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris is very personable. Yeah. He loves talking to people, loves interacting with people, and um, you know he's. Uh, but it, it ultimately, we're all getting older. He wants to not be driving constantly, and and this is something that we want to build towards to where 
he can come out of the truck and, and start, you know, focusing on this. And we're trying to grow that business organically as, as far as the, the zoo city stuff. So we're just, we're not trying to throw everything out there at once where I'm, I'm on the machines every single day, 24 hours a day. That, oh yeah. When it becomes work like that, then, you know, it's, it's one of those things where well, it's time to, where, where's the time to have fun and, and, and do other stuff. Cause that's what I've noticed about a lot of match directors. Um, they get out here and they, they don't even shoot their own matches. Well, um, you didn't shoot the last one I shot with you, bitch. Probably not. It was the carbine match like two weekends ago. No, I shot. There was 0% on practice score, you fuck. Was I? I didn't even see you. Usually you slide in. No, was I not there? No, I wasn't there, was I? You were there, but you seemed busy. I may have been. I don't honestly. They, they all, they all these matches together. are running together now. That's why I was telling JP uh, Saturday. Uh, you know, everybody. This thing went around three gun for a long for last two years about how match directors have and people who build the matches had the advantage in the match. And the fact is, when you build the match, you've designed every aspect of the match. You've built it. You get out there and you start stage planning. Every fucking stage runs through your head at once. So it's, it's, you know, you're like the idea you had coming in when you built it then gets blended in with the other ideas from the other stages. And it's just, it's one after the other. And it's, I dig it, man. I like getting into your head because I've been coming to enough of yours over the years now. Mm -hmm. And I used to be like, I would miss targets, like failure mm -hmm. to engage like crazy. Yeah. And now I know if I see a barrel, yeah. there's a target behind it. That's the running joke with <laughs> I'm me. I'm like, oh, Jason built this one. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a target behind that, that barrel. Is, <laughs> that is the running joke with me. I hear that all over the place. And, uh, you know, if there's a barrel out there and Jason built this stage, you better look behind it. It's I, true. Most guys say, I start from the back berm and walk forward to see everything. And uh, um, at first, when I first started doing this and I first got into really getting intricate into the, uh, stage designing, um, I was, I, I went, I was overzealous with it, you know, as most people are when they first get into something, they're, they're, every stage was complicated and, 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 uh, you know, very, uh, thought, a lot of thought process went into it. And, um, that shit drains you. It drains you over, especially during the summer. So what I started doing was, uh, like this last match I put in, uh, Two thinking stages a little bit, you know. Yeah. Well, dude, I was genuinely surprised. There were a couple stages where I walked up and was like, oh, shit, this is going to suck. Mm. And then I walked it and I was like, no, this seems okay. Yeah. And then I shot it and I was like, hey, that was exactly as I thought it was going to be. I was yeah. like, what I saw is what I got. It just, you know, it was a lot of targets, but mm. they were all visible. And it was actually, like, really fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've seen match directors and people designing matches and I've heard, even heard them say, I'm going to put this here. Fuck the shooter. You know, and that's, that's not the shooter is your, uh, that's your, that's your customer base. And, uh, the way I like to build matches and target target presentations is I want everybody to be able to hit the target. The good shooters will go faster. Yep. The medium shooters will shoot at their pace and try and get better. The beginning shooters or the slower shooters will hit every target. And they'll be happy. If you send somebody home that's hit every target, even if they finished almost dead last, they hit every target. Now they know they you have to get more proficient. to me. <laughs> right? Exactly. Man, how do I get 98% of I wasn't uh, trying to call you out <laughs> by name. I 98%, but also, damn, this is 30%? Yeah. This is terrible. So, you know, that's that's kind of my, my philosophy on building stages. And, and uh, even when I was uh, building them nationally, going around with SMD and, and Three Gun Nation, um, was so that everybody could hit the targets. You know, uh, 
it, that was our, our goal. Well, man, I'm, I'm super glad that we have you locally. If anybody is in like the North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia area, and you're not attending, like if you're interested in competitive shooting and you're not coming to Carolina Guns and Gear in Asheboro, North Carolina, which is conveniently the zoo city mm-hmm. of North Carolina, yep. if you haven't been to the zoo, you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to Carolina Guns and Gear and shooting at least some kind of competition that Jason's putting together, you're you're definitely short-stroking <laughs> your own professional development. It's a lot of fun. Um, you will likely run into me or like 10 other douchebags <laughs> as, as douchey as me that yeah. are out to just have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I mean... Between Bob Osbeck and Matt Bob Beam yeah. and all these other guys, like, you're going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob was telling me uh, before he left this weekend, he said, I'm going to, you know, most of the three-gun matches have kind of dissipated out, out east. He's in Jacksonville because yep. he likes to eat crayons. Um, <laughs> he's an old gunny. <clears throat> and he, uh, he was telling me that he's going to start shooting a little more USPSA this year. And he was uh, claiming how big of a douche he was going to be doing it. <laughs> You know, and uh, I was like, awesome. Dude, right. he is. It's fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. man. Like, I mean, that dude, he's a character. Yeah. Yeah, I love Bob. Yep. Bob is awesome. And we had, uh, just to give a shout out to uh, Buddy Brown. Buddy Brown was the officer, one one of the officers who got shot in York County a uh, year and a half, two years ago, two years ago, I believe. Um, and uh, they were responding to a call, and uh, he finally got out and was able to shoot again. And right on. Shot well. Was he, he there well. this weekend? He was. Okay. And shot well. So um, I was happy to see him come up from South Carolina and, and shoot. Yeah, right on. Um, I when we, when we publish this, I'll tag all of your various entities. Mm-hmm. But um, seriously, anybody that's listening that wants to shoot like competitively, like if, if you're shooting professionally as a soldier and you're not shooting competitively, I recognize that trying something new <laughs> – that makes you feel like you're not very good. The temptation is to be like, fuck that stupid thing. It's Mm. just a game and it's not making me better. Mm -hmm. But I can guarantee you that the people who are the most proficient that you work with are shooting competitively and they're changing the pace and they're changing their focus to get better at the things that make them better in the real world too. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, don't let the fear of being, (laughs) <laughs> the fear of being put on a scoreboard for the world to see keep you from mm-hmm. going out. Like practice score is the best thing that happens to dudes that want to be better at shooting because mm-hmm. it highlights exactly where you stack up and there's no way to avoid it. Yep, It's like the Strava of shooting where you're like, shit, it automatically posted my results. Mm-hmm. I can't hide this. And, and if I ever brag too much, some dude is going to, Google my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's going to be like, do you remember in September of 2016 when you shot 20%? Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't remember that. <laughs> but thanks for bringing that up. I'm glad you have screenshots from practice score, you asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've gotten better, God damn it. <laughs> See, that's where the uh, the practice score competitor app is uh, helps competitors because the targets, you run by a target or you're, you're shooting at a target, excuse me, and you... Um, you shot instead of hitting A's, you shot C's or whatnot, and your accuracy isn't quite there, or you blew by, by a target or something, whatever the case may be. You can go back and add that target in or change that target to see what you would have done and where you would have finished if you were to just maintain that discipline and, and, and shot or proficiency in shot. Wait, you're telling me that there's an app for this and practice I'm not score. supposed to just do it on the tablet 
on oh, uh, yeah. after Let's the match. Not, we're not, we're not, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. I'm not going down that. Uh, hey man, I, I can't. I can't go down that rabbit hole. I appreciate you coming up yeah, and uh, hanging out with us. I am sorry that we totally talked Aaron out of any <laughs> involvement. He looked like he's about over here to go to sleep, ready to go to sleep. <laughs> No nah, man, I appreciate the conversation. Nerd shooting talk is nah, fucking nah, nah. is the worst. If we were talking about wildcat calibers, Aaron would put us all to sleep. He's nice. the master of random wildcatters. Definitely not the master. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone that has as many wildcat calibers as you. I just have weird interests. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like we we're right at an hour, and I appreciate you coming in, yeah, and uh, we will look forward to seeing you around the range. Absolutely. All right, brother.